0: 1 1 This is your Sitaki Benza and Mika Two Outlaws on the Lamb taking the back roads through America You can't drink a coffee for this show ah, ah, ah. And now it's
1: time for Monday Madness with the Moped Outlaws Greg and
0: Mark Here we are Episode 56. It was a time of great turmoil in the worlds. And it was the heart centered nature of the imagination, which wrought the new possibilities for humanity. Yeah. That's
1: interesting. I'm hardwired in, but I'm getting a connection is unstable. So we'll see how this all goes.
0: Yeah. You look a little pixelated to me from where I'm sitting, but hopefully the recording works well. All
1: right. I didn't have time to prepare for this morning's, this afternoon's recording. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, you prepared enough. You said what we're talking about is love. Yeah. What we is all love? know immense things about, but when really, when it comes down to talking about it, it becomes a game of semantics and people have, Like, how do we do it? Like, people are like, I want love. What the hell is that?
1: (laughs) It is when you swallow.
0: That's not love. That's sexual gratification.
1: And the difference is...
0: An important thing that we must all learn. Oh,
1: no, we're going into
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) Because love, if it's locked into the purely physical experience of sexual pleasure, it's going to be really one-dimensional and then limited. What happens when the penis doesn't work or something else? What happens to love then?
1: You have fingers, you have mouth and tongue. Right, right. All sorts of. I love that.
0: That's that's inventive. Love is inventive, for sure.
1: It's not one dimensional, (laughs) right? Multifaceted.
0: I just think it's really hilarious that you know I'm I'm talking about this higher concept, and you're immediately you go right to the lower chakra, and I get that. That's I think it's
1: funny that you think they don't have sex in heaven.
0: I didn't say that. You're putting words in my mouth. You
1: said that you're up here in this higher level, and I'm taking it to the low end of sex.
0: I just said lower chakra. I'm not saying they're not connected. I'm just saying that we're coming at it from two different ends of the spectrum, so to speak.
1: Meeting in the middle, as it were. And where's that? The heart chakra. Bingo! That's where I started the
0: show. (laughs) <laughs> so I went high and you went low and here we are. It's a game. It's a here we are. It's this is Moped Outlaws. Taste mm-hmm. our exhaust. Yeah.
1: yeah. Kiss our exhaust. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta make one of those shirts.
0: Yeah. yeah. By the way, I ordered some merchandise from our merchandise um yeah. purview, and I just can't wait to show you what I look like in extra large skin tight tights. <laughs> With our logo on it.
1: That is so damn funny. <laughs> oh my God. That is scary as hell.
0: <laughs> I'm going to look like the Michelin Man or the Pillsbury Doughboy.
1: You're going to wear it at your concert up in Tahoe? Maybe. All
0: right. Depends on how bold I feel.
1: I like it. Go and how tightly they know. fit. Go bold. Go yeah. bold.
0: Right, I want people to be able to see my junk.
1: Well, they will if you wear those, <laughs> and that's love. <laughs> Man, I was like considering a different outlet for our swag, and then with that order hit, I was like, Oh, well, maybe you know, I like people are then to find out it was you. I was like, Ah, wow. dang it,
0: She's very disappointed. Yeah, thought that suddenly someone had become motivated to buy our swag.
1: Yes, yes. Someone well, out in the world had caught their fancy, and nope, we're still two guys looking at ourselves in the mirror, wandering around in a circle.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's so how was uh, how were the out? fireworks for you last week?
1: Well, uh, Sid wasn't up for it.
0: Okay, so did you go or did you do anything?
1: I didn't. No, I came back home. I was kind of mm. exhausted. Yeah, me too. And so I uh, just got into bed after leaving him and um, listened to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was I didn't hear me. him where I was. We couldn't right. hear him here, but I was. Mm. I was exhausted too. Teaching summer camp is is very strenuous. I
1: I believe it. Yeah. How many weeks do you have left? Too. I don't know.
0: Five. I four.
1: This yeah, is a August dangerous 10th. question considering what chakra I'm in. But do you love those children?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's right on. Yeah. See, someone can I, take that as I've a learned summer. to love the
0: ones that test me.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah. What about that one child that you said showed up and just was a hard no to everything?
0: Yeah. Is, that,
1: uh, is, he, is it a he or she? Uh, it was a he. Is, is he still... And that propensity to do that?
0: Uh, No. Well, no. And there was a precipitous thing that happened. Um, There were two things that happened. One was middle of the week, his intensity kept building and building. And when we were out on in the outdoors having, you know, what's called team time, which is often where we play games, there was a moment where, his exuberance got the better of him and he just careened right into his brother and pushed him boom. And his brother went down hard on the AstroTurf and hit his head. Ooh. Right. And so that c- cascaded into a whole, like as a, as a side assistant, I have to do all this stuff when someone hits their head. Right. right. Cause it's such a dangerous thing and it's yeah. it's so insidious. Right. So that meant that I had to sit down with him we called his parents because to come get the brother. That meant he had to own up with the brother. The parents couldn't come. So his grandmother showed up and she was old school. Right. So she was like, I was explaining to her what happened and then I'd had a conversation with him. And she's like, ah, oh, so what? <laughs> well, wait, <laughs> let me tell you the funny. story. Let me tell you the story. She, no, she was very concerned anyway. So I had a discussion with him and I said, look, I, I see how exuberant you got. I also saw how immediately you regretted it and you started to apologize as soon as you, you know, you didn't intend to hurt your brother. Right. And, you know, there was a lapse of emotional uh, management there. And one of the tenets that we have in, in the social emotional learning tools is we have this recipe and the E in recipe stands for emotional management. So I expressed what to him what that. What does that stand responsibility. for? Responsibility. Oh. Responsibility. And empathy is the next one. Collaboration.
1: Wait, what's it? Collaboration. Okay. Well, Initiative. I thought you said... Uh...
0: And the E is for emotional management. There's two E's in recipe. Okay, anyway. So I had the conversation with him. I oh, don't want to
1: talk about the letters, huh?
0: I do. I do want to okay. talk about them. But I want to finish the story. Okay. And whatever. I don't want this whole thing to be about how much I love the recipe, which I do. Anyway.
1: I'm siding with your sister.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I fart in your general direction.
1: <laughs>
0: Is that better? That's
1: better. <laughs> okay.
0: Anyway, so she's, I'm talking to grandma, explaining that, you know, there's this thing that went down and that he's on his last, like, if he goes, if he has problems the next day, he's going to get sent home and that's it for camp. No refund, right? And she says, I understand. And she turns to him and she says, what do you say? And he's like, thank you. And she's all, no, you say, yes, sir. (laughs) 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 And I immediately knew like the level of intensity that this kid was dealing with at home. And I felt a lot of compassion for him. Right. (laughs) The rest of the story is that one of the things that he's enrolled in with me is this computer learning for Minecraft coding. And so the way it was set up was we only had so many logins and we had enough computers and logins, but about half the class had to share. And he came in and he was one of the sharing ones. Right. And it was tough. He was with a guy who was very and I'm trying to manage them sharing by switching every 15 minutes and all that stuff. But, you know, it's hard to keep track of all that in the classroom. And and people are interjecting like two guys that are supposed to share. And one guy's going, well, you do it this way. And he just gets right on top of someone who's trying to think through their problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what I was able to do was request that night the f- additional logins I needed to give everyone their own computer. And the very next day, he got his own computer and he'd had the talking to, and he was committed to having a much better time of it. And turns out the guy's brilliant. <laughs> like the coding he did was far and above. Everybody a robot laugh.
1: to kill his grandmother
0: <laughs> well we the, in 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 minecraft you can program the the robot to do stuff and we're t- I was teaching them how to build walls and how to build you know towers and things like that. well, this guy figures out how to teach his freaking robot to build a pyramid All like right. that's where he went with it like within seven or eight minutes he was done with the assignment he so was he like
1: built the jew what he built a jew
0: he Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, Well, that's one way to look at it. Psalm 137. Go look it up. I'm not going to explain it. Anyway, so the very next day after our first class, he's sitting during um, free time after snack. And he's got out his notebook and he's drawing things that he wants to build. And he's sitting there and he's totally chilled out very like just relaxed and focused. So it was this incredible transformation from frustrated person who didn't have access to get the thing out that he wanted to get out to just like the best of all guys. So that was really great to witness. And he was, it was brilliant to see him the rest of the week. I was sad to see him go on Friday when, when he went home, I don't think I'm going to have him back to camp, but it was, it was really powerful to see how, you know, he wore a leather jacket and he had a bad attitude, you know, that really on a rock and roll thing. And I remembered myself when I was a kid like that. And I thought of you too, G Willikers. <laughs> um, that maybe, you know, that rebellious nature had something underneath it that was really powerful and it turned out that way.
1: Yeah, and it makes you think like how often are those kids just stamped as problem child, sent to a like a dead end situation. And don't have the environment to experience drive and genius. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like it brought up that whole pink Floyd, the wall thing, right? Like this idea that we just, we push people through this fucking cheese grinder of who they're supposed to be. And, and the true brilliance that they have gets crushed in the process. And I was felt really good about being able to, transcend that in the context of how I was providing access to education with this guy and to see him just immediately go like, right. But so maybe
1: love is, um, patience and giving people space to go through their shadow of the moment to get to the deeper divine that's within
0: love is withholding the idea that you can, Actually, figure out who someone is and then label and and hold them in in that limiting view. Love is realizing that people are bigger than we think they are; that they're they have more going on than what we want to like try to pigeonhole them into, like the whole problem child thing.
1: My um, problem. I was listening to <clears throat> Riff Raff this morning. Yeah, from If You Want Blood. I love that song. It's such a good hype song.
0: Yeah, I'm um, speaking Greek. I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: What? now i'm crying who's riffraff the rivers up. acdc song riffraff okay and if you want blood is their live album they put out right between i think it was right between let there be rock and highway to hell
0: and Maybe you looked up funny. psalm 137 because you just started to try and sing it yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so you think jews loved building pyramids no why not
1: because they were enslaved.
0: Oh. Yeah. Have you had a chance to ask Kamut about that yet?
1: No. It's I did. Hear his, um, it's week
0: four or something.
1: Yeah. He did his flyover Wednesday. Oh, you
0: did that. So you didn't get a chance to talk to him about it?
1: Well, I asked a question, but he didn't really hear my question.
0: Got it. Yeah. So you're still like resisting the idea that the, The whole
1: I'm I'm not resisting it. I'm for me and see my question was about how can I give credence to what's written then and and not gave the same like questioning like the questioning of what it written history is now in our let's say our two hundred year span. We know it's jacked. We know it's shit. If you if um, you came to me with a history book from an elementary school and said, well, this is history, I'd be like, yeah, not really. It's not really history. So why give a different merit to something written? Like you telling me it's written you know, gives no merit to the fact.
0: Well, what it does is say is disable the idea that there is a fact to know yet absolutely
1: and that i completely appreciate uh the nuances of the narrative i heard on wednesday totally appreciate totally appreciate a whole new stories being introduced and i would say nine out of ten times you follow that trail and yeah you find out like There's a lot of reality to it. However, to say this is it, the absolute truth, I'm like, "Mm, well, why don't you get in line with all the other absolute truthers?
0: (laughs) Yeah. The absolute truth. You know what? Is love an absolute truth?
1: It is. And I absolutely have no idea what that
0: means. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) so the absolute truth of love it seems i
1: have a prime example if you're willing
0: oh absolutely i'm willing
1: to listen to your. no i'm just teasing that was a great story about little johnny and his leather coat (laughs) and all right there's a woman i dated just
0: stop right stop right now okay
1: Stop right there. I gotta know right now. Yeah. If we go any further, do you love me? Do you love me forever? Will you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you take me to that? Do you know that song? Of course.
0: You yeah, know. of course I know that song.
1: My sister's going to see um Bad Out of Hell, the musical in Las Vegas. My sister and brother-in-law, Lee and Tim. Very My excited to hear how that is. Because... Um, one thing's for sure, the guy who made that music, he made dramatic music, you know? It is rich with drama. Anyway, should I go
0: back what, to What was his thing? real name? I mean, besides the... Um, di-
1: Not the, Meatloaf, you know. the other guy, the guy who wrote the songs.
0: Oh, who wrote the songs? Meatloaf Fucking just sang them?
1: Shit, yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Thank you. Now what? I love you even more. For
1: Did you ever see that movie... Um, it was a total rock and roll trope movie, something fire. And there were two gangs. There was like the rockers and the, oh,
0: fuck. I'm not drawing a conclusive awareness based on that. Just I love
1: choice. it. It's it, like a lot of people are like, uh, no, Jim Steinman, Jim Steinman was the, oh, it does say Meatloaf was a, a composer. But Jim Steinman was the main guy. And then, of course, uh, Todd Rundgren produced it. The people that played on that album were pretty damn amazing. But where, let me see if I can find the name of this this damn movie he was responsible for.
0: And it had rival gangs and it was about rock and roll. Was it 50s rock and roll or was it Well, no, that was sort of the um the premise. Yeah. It was like 60s rockers versus 50s rockers. Yeah, but
1: now maybe he didn't do it. Wait a second. I might be out of my fuck.
0: I always thought for all this time. You're definitely out of your mind, but you might just be wrong about these facts again.
1: Yeah, I'm wrong about these facts and out of my mind. Yeah, cuz it's interesting. He directed um, a Bonnie Tyler um, music video, and he produced a Barbara Streisand music video. Interesting. Yeah, something fire.
0: Something fire. Please synapse fire.
1: Fucking Jesus!
0: <laughs> what
1: is the movie? I will
0: use a dental um, implement on your and eyeballs.
1: Roll gains. I think like those two games were Streets of Fire.
0: That's streets the- of Fire.
1: Why by Walter Hill and co-written by Hill and Larry Cross. Wow. Okay. So it wasn't Steinman who streets of fire. Do you know that movie? No, it got slammed a lot. I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun.
0: What was it about it that really turned you on? That really got to you. Was it the way the music
1: and the, um, like stereotypical hero's journey, you know, uh,
0: So were there rival gangs of the like different styles of music and one was wronger than the other,
1: a rock and roll fable. So let's see what, let's see if we can get a streets of fire. Um,
0: a synopsis. Yeah. Awesome. Um, um, spelled U M. um
1: the bombers, a biker gang from another part of town, and so there's the biker gang and the rock and roll gang. Okay. And Reva and the guy. There must returned. be
0: a woman between them.
1: Yep, there's a woman.
0: Who both of the she's liked by two of the members of the each of these rival gangs, right? Yeah, one of them dies in the end. And it's the wrong one. You know what? It's been so
1: long, I just remember liking it.
0: Yeah, cool. And was it like the look and the sound of the music track? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know how like Moulin Rouge has that kind of over the top? Yeah, it kind of had that kind of thing going on.
0: The stylization, the realization of the of the production values was it had an aesthetic that really appealed to you. That uh, I'm imagining that aesthetic right now as t-shirts and leather with long hair. Is that close?
1: 50s hair. I don't even remember hair. the bikers' gang.
0: Okay, you know, like hair. kind of
1: like a John Travolta grease thing,
0: only with a, a more hard edge to it. Yeah. Better soundtrack. Yeah, and maybe well, some injected drugs
1: soundtrack. You know. Grease is the word, is the word, is the word. Yeah. You're the one that I that want. meaning. Do, 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 do. You're the one that I want. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh, uh, What's the one about the girl when they were like teasing her, like calling her a goody good?
0: Oh, shoot. Olivia, Neil, and Bob.
1: Olivia, Neil, and Bob. Yeah, that's <laughs> the name of that song. I had that daydream when I was a kid. Olivia, Neil and Bob, please. And she should that, and squeeze into those pants in a very fine way.
0: That's that's quite the uh, menage a toi, Olivia Olivia, Neil, and Bob.
1: No, it was Bob, not Bob. <laughs> Although I guess Bob works too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that reminds me of this band that from where in the the Tasmanian Devils and their song yeah. "Dirty Bop Party."
1: Oh, really, "Dirty Bop Party"?
0: Yeah, which is all it's all about this. It's an allusion, a l u l l u, to a kind of a sex party.
1: Hmm. Yeah, man, they were like right on the verge. Them and the Edge, they were like everyone thought these bands are gonna go. This yeah. is gonna, they're gonna catch fire. Yeah.
0: They it just get. tells you how how the music business is, man. It's like you can have lots of talent, lots of great songs, and then if you don't have the money for Payola, it just doesn't work,
1: or something. You don't hit the right guy. <laughs> or what about what's the other band like Monroe was in, and they had that huge record, Psychophonkopus. Yeah, Psychophonkopus. That's a great album. Still, that first. Yeah, album.
0: they were they were brilliant, yeah. brilliant musicians, and they toured, and yeah. they had record label backing, but they didn't catch fire.
1: No, and they went deep into debt, yes, yes. that was a, that certainly was a um allegory to the music industry and it raping and pillaging the youth of America
0: well, and you and I, it was one of the only bands we'd met up to that point that had actually broken through to that level, yeah, right, and then d j Burns was another group that we had access to personally, where we heard about the inner workings of the a sundry music business of the 1980s. and
1: Yeah, 1980s. but DJ Burns, like, his father was in the business, so.
0: I know. It was just a different side of the story, yet it was still a failure.
1: Yes. But I think that's because drugs and partying were the main priority of that band.
0: Yeah, so on the one hand, we have all the exposure, all of the the contacts, all the money and we don't have substance in the music. And on the other hand, we have lots of substance in the music and lots of opportunity, but it didn't quite capture the imagination. They were a little bit ahead of their time. They were primus before primus.
1: Yeah. But the soap, <sighs> I think there's an element of getting kicked in the face numerous times and you still get up and keep going. You know, um, like I'm just thinking of how Kevin Hart had a movie contract and he thought, this is it. I'm finally fucking made it. And it got canceled. He had a TV thing that like was going to be the next big TV thing. And it got canceled So, like, he thought, all right, finally, the wave. And like, nope, I'm still doing these fucking clubs, you know?
0: (laughs) And Dave Chappelle had the Dave Chappelle show, which was making millions for the people, but not for him. And then then he leaves on principle, not knowing what's going to happen. And 10 years go by. And, like, 12 12 years, he's barely surviving. And now, finally, 30 years later...
1: That's a little different, though. Like, he... He was making some money and then they offered him fucking big money and he walked away. Did you ever see that interview with him and David Letterman? Yeah. That Where he's like, would I have liked that $50 million right now? Oh, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> no, You're sitting over at this table and looking at that table going, fuck, what they're eating looks really good. <laughs> yeah.
0: But he had something very, very important, which is well, he had his integrity.
1: Yeah, and I think that served the world well in the long run. Like, I think we are better served from who he is That sounds a little prejudiced. I don't mean that. (laughs) Um. Oh, no. Mark froze. (laughs) No, I'm here. Okay. You froze for a second. Anyway, I do think that we are benefiting from who Dave Chappelle is than if he had sold out and took that.
0: Yeah, because it would have petered out and he would have probably died from a crack addiction or something stupid, you know?
1: Who knows? Who knows? He knows?
0: He's sort of a weird example, like he's clearly says he's Muslim, but he smokes and drinks and swears and like it's that's such I an interesting dichotomy. Muslim? Yeah.
1: Huh I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Or or I mean he alludes to it. But it's like a Christian rocker who smokes and drinks and fucks. You know, it's like, well, okay, I identify as Christian, but my behaviors are a little bit south of that. You know, Scoopers Christian. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, um, so we love comedy, right?
0: Most of the time.
1: Ah, What do you mean, most of the time?
0: (laughs) That was the funniest thing. Does that even mean
1: most of the time?
0: That was, that was the funniest thing I could think of to say at the time.
1: <laughs> All right. So what, what is, how does that fit into love?
0: It releases the chemicals in our brain that have us feel joy and, and feel happiness. And then therefore we create a kind of a bond with the comedian. The, so the,
1: love is a release of endorphins.
0: It, that's part of it for sure. It's also a verb. It is? It's a, an action. Love. You love someone. Right? It's not just a state. So what
1: are you doing when you love that person?
0: Well, that's what's such an amazing thing about love is that it comes in so many different shapes and sizes. And actions.
1: For that like grandma, you could be you washing I
0: could be giving you a pedicure and that's a form of love right? I could be cooking you dinner. I could be thinking about you quietly as you are a thousand miles away from me on a cold and stormy night.
1: Do you think when that grandmother reprimanded that kid, that was an act of love?
0: Well, I think if we ask the question from, does she think it was versus does this, the kid think of it that way? That's a really great sort of point of, of demarcation of an analysis. I would think that she would call it tough love and he would call it n- not love.
1: Well, I would agree with him because we just said that love creates joy, like love is a release of endorphins. And I do believe that. I believe that the that love only brings joy. It doesn't bring sorrow, guilt, anything of that. I, I disagree.
0: Anything. I think it's the polarity the the range of experiences that are the result of love cross the gamut beyond joy love is the reason for sorrow love is just as much joy as and just as much sorrow like ask anyone who has had a lover cheat on them right it's it's both it's the same continuum but a different polarity they say love and hate are closely related, right? It's that same emotion of attachment versus detachment. It's
1: and uh, I I I think that's just our human understanding of something that we're calling love, but that isn't really love. Like okay. I don't think when I I think when my heart was broken when Liz left and started another relationship as part of her leaving. my heart didn't break from love. It broke from an ego attachment.
0: You're trying to parse things that are integrated. And so when you start breaking them out like that, as if they're, they're separate, it, it sort of breaks down for me
1: Okay,
0: because you, when we form attachments and we have, and we call them love, right? They come with emotional reactions, right? Like when you look across at Liz before that moment and you just see the concentration on her face as she's lovingly washing your child's, you know, face before dinner, you can feel a tremendous sense of love for her. Right.
1: Or when I look across the playground and I see a grandmother say, you say, yes, sir. Right. And I think, oh, that is beautiful. (laughs)
0: I'm right, Maybe depending <laughs> on, you know, depending on your upbringing, right? <laughs> but if we just try not to kind of compare apples to dried up old prunes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in your case with your ex-wife, I do think I disagree. I think that, that it was heartbreak is the result of love and loss. Love and loss is heartbreak. But the beauty of love is that the heart mends.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And that we're more way more resilient. Like in that moment of loss, it seems like we're lost forever or that the thing that we quote have again, love is not possession, is it? It's. Right. It's, a, it's a kind of state of conditions. It's it's this magic bubble that's flying through the air and maybe <laughs> one day it's going to pop. But for now, it's refracting this beautiful rainbow in the sunshine, right? <laughs> um, but it was no less love at the moment of disintegration than it was when it was felt like it was less. But it wasn't. That was just your ego, like you said. I
1: was thinking about this time when my dad told my brother and I to work it out. He had this work part, work social gathering happening at the house. And my brother and I were fighting. He's like, you guys fucking work it out. And he wasn't happy with the way we were working it out. (laughs) He he dragged me outside and clocked me right upside the head. And, um, yeah. And I can remember, um, (laughs) That has nothing to do with love.
0: <laughs> that's what I. Well, he thought it. he was loving you. He thought he was teaching you a lesson.
1: I don't think he did. See, that's the thing. I think he was uh, just
0: mad at you for fucking up his time. Yeah,
1: he was angry. Yeah, and um, I think I had a way of pushing my parents' anger lever as high as it would go.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you really wanted love from them. Yeah. That was what you really You,
1: know, that, that can feel you, saddened, you
0: didn't know man. how to get that. They weren't, it wasn't, you couldn't just ask for that. So you had to act out and get the opposite of it. I like Jimi Hendrix's take on it. You know, when the power of love trumps, the love of power, we will have peace.
1: Yeah. What about his son? "Axis bold as love,
0: right? That one too.
1: That's a fucking right? great song.
0: Right, and then, um
1: oh, no. bold as axis,
0: yeah, and love My is song, is. what love is a song, love is a band, there's so many versions of love in songs, love is all you need, right, that's right, <laughs> but what is it, what is it? it's a four letter word, damn it,
1: see, and I don't think it is a verb,
0: okay, so you're not you're saying you don't love me.
1: No, I'm saying I do love you, but let's say I send you a birthday card that came from love, but that the verb is sending a birthday card, send.
0: Okay. But what is the thing that has you create the birthday card?
1: See, that's what I'm saying, love, but the creation is still an act. Love, right. I don't think, verb. is an act.
0: Well, then what's love making?
1: Oh, so we're back to my chakra.
0: <laughs> I never said it wasn't mine. I just was saying we started at different polarities. <laughs> uh, See, I think it's both. I think it's a noun and a verb. And a particle also
1: it, and a wave.
0: It, yes, it's a paradox, a particle and a wave. And I think it's actually the fundamental energy wave that underpins the entire creation.
1: I was say, okay, so I was pondering um the overview of history that I heard Wednesday, and one of the things i heard was about the native americans the and people who were known to be here in the north Americas first
0: the indigenous population of the western hemisphere.
1: Right, like, so and there, I just was listening to a Native American, Charlie, I forget his name. He was a stand-up comic, really good. Yeah. Anyway, and he was saying, like, in his lore, they appeared here. They didn't come from anywhere. And then I've heard that the um, people of New Zealand, the indigenous people there, the aborigines, they also... Say that they were created there. That's where they came.
0: Okay, so we have an oral history that is telling us this concept that people arise out of a place in time.
1: Well, so I was thinking. Like it, the reason this came to mind is you were saying how you believe love is the un, is the element of creation from which all life is from.
0: Well, right? no, I'm i paraphrasing I'm more you. accurately. What I said is that it is everything. It is the foundational wave particle paradox. It's the the love primal energy the of everything.
1: All right. So when you're angry. How is that love?
0: It's the polarity of joy. It's on the the
1: polarity of joy.
0: Yeah. Anger and joy. They're the same thing, but they are different manifestations of the same thing. So joy. So love you're saying is. If I didn't care, I wouldn't get angry.
1: Mm, Touchy, touchy.
0: I just feel nothing. I'd be like, Oh,
1: right, right, right.
0: That's how I view it. Hmm. And I think even the, the non-responsiveness is like right now I'm holding up my hand, right. And Mm -hmm. the blood flowing through my veins, all of the physical things. If you go down to the molecular level and then the atomic level, the things that are holding all of those move motions and bodies together that energy that it is underpins the structural aspect of it is love in my view
1: do you know that you are loved
0: i could probably count several people that would i could say they love me yes
1: so in this moment you know through and through that you are loved
0: yes Mm. There's certain aspects of being being neglected, but generally speaking, yes. <laughs> <dumb enough.
1: laughs> so, so there's an asterisk to it, huh?
0: No, I'm just adding to the conversation.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> you felt compelled to um, communicate that. You fell short a few times.
0: <laughs> well, one as soon as I said it, you chuckled, and it furthered the conversation. Right. So that was my intent in bringing it up. Not so much to, that I'm attached like, to the sort of negative story that might be part of that frame of reference. Right. But I was just like, well, there's parts of me that could be loved more. I would like it if they were loved more.
1: Well, so that's the thing. Like, cause if I know that I'm loved, I picture myself just happy. And and gleefully engaged with whatever I'm doing in life because I know I'm loved and how can I be unhappy if I know I'm loved
0: yeah that's a great point
1: so I believe that from what I just said I don't know I'm loved yet
0: um you're wrong
1: okay (laughs) (laughs)
0: And I love you enough to tell you that.
1: (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like that, like you shared just moments ago, how there's that asterisk to the whole thing.
0: And I think that was your word. The asterisk was your word.
1: Okay. Okay. There's a sphincter to the whole thing. Whatever word is going to work for you.
0: <laughs> There's another dimension to it.
1: Oh, okay. We have now entered the dimension of doubt. Where it's we not
0: love. It's love. But... It's, it's a multi dimensional thing. I was just no. saying the whole quantum field, all of it, it's all love. No. Yes.
1: No. I think doubt is not love.
0: So explain yourself, son.
1: Okay, so I believe that when I know I am loved, I am happy. And it's in me. It's alive in me. And if I am saying, yeah, but in any manner or form that can only come from a doubt of being loved. That can only come from a belief that there was a moment and in that moment I was not loved because if I was loved, it wouldn't have happened that way. So when my dad punched me in the face, he loved me. He wouldn't do that because you don't punch people in the face when you're loving them.
0: Oh, use the the verbs tense of love, loving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that stricken for the record, Your Honor. <laughs>
0: so, there's a bunch of things there. One, you can't have belief without doubt because they're the same. It's the same spectrum. Belief and doubt exist on the same spectrum. So either you know you loved or you don't. Because if you believe you're loved, you can doubt it as well.
1: Do you, do you think it's possible for us to converse in terms that are not a du- duality? I'd love to. Okay. So... We can be in a state of joy, and that's it. That's all there is a state of joy.
0: Well, I just said the whole universe is made of love. So, yes.
1: <laughs> okay. The end, the
0: beginning. <laughs> exactly. Right. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Uh, <laughs> so do you think Captain Kirk loved any of his girlfriends? Or were those just passing fancies?
1: Well, I think Captain Kirk adhered to the script given to him for that episode.
0: <laughs> now you're talking about... Um, the actor. I'm actually talking about the the character that inhabits our dreams. That's that exists in that. You're
1: talking about a fictional character. You might as well say, did Boba Fett <laughs> like chocolate M and M's? He loved them.
0: Well, we don't know because we've never. We don't have any experience with that. Oh, I have. Do M and M's even exist in the Star Wars universe? Yeah. Oh yeah. I sure hope not. Why you don't like M and M's? No, it's not that I don't like M and M's. I love M and M's.
1: What do you have against M and M's? Well, you they make really bad trailers in the
0: theater. I'll I'll say that the trailers they make are pretty bad. Like those, those.
1: You know what? Um, Oh, really? I like them. I like that one where they're just mocking the whole adventure. Commercial.
0: I I love how this podcast can't go a single episode without mentioning some form of cinema or music.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we did that right in the beginning with "Bad Out of Hell."
0: Well, yeah, but we just and it's it's our cultural references, entertainment. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, you. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, we, we love movies. We love music. <clears throat> and love. So, what is that? What is love?
0: Yeah. It's never having to say you're sorry. (laughs) Oops. I I was supposed to pull out. I'm sorry. Ah, Oh, dear. That's
1: nasty. What was the line in um, terms of endearment when she was in bed? Like, never have to say you're sorry is where she's dying of.
0: No, that's from love story. Yeah, that's from love story. Yeah, yeah. But there's also a scene in terms
1: of endearment where she's dying in bed. And there was a famous line. I can't remember what it is.
0: Well, I don't know myself. I can tell you that.
1: You have to say a spoiler alert for love story. I don't think so. She dies. Okay.
0: I don't think anyone who's listening to this podcast even knows what love story is, except Mm -hmm. maybe you and you and you and you raise your hand. Good. Now put your hands down. Shut up. (laughs)
1: wow that's that's a fine way to treat our listener
0: (laughs) yes that's true yes i should be a better example of love
1: oh so you see
0: (laughs) i see i see said the blind man
1: as he picked up his hammer and saw
0: yeah my favorite thing right now is the jason miraz song love is still the answer that's like I don't know that one. Yeah, it's a great video. You look that up on YouTube, and I just anytime I need to feel like that warm sensation in my chest, I just watch that video. You, it's like really hard not to, unless you know you come in cynical and death metal ish. Then you're know, like you're gonna look at him and go, "What?
1: Oh, you know me too
0: well." <laughs> well, I wasn't saying you specifically.
1: Oh, that's where I was going. You know the song "We Are the Road Crew." You I know. was thinking about this. I just spaced out their name. Who did Ace, um, the Ace of Spades? You know, Lemmy. Oh, Motorhead. Song? Motorhead. They have this song, We Are the Road Crew. And it's brilliant. It's a fucking brilliant. And I thought, who else has written a song from the viewpoint of the road crew, like saying, we are the road crew? Like, no one. No one's given homage to the road crew.
0: Well, there is a Jackson Brown song.
1: Okay, I knew you were going to say that. Fuck that. That is a shit. That's all about little whiny, lonely me up here on the stage while they're breaking down the fucking stage. But it's still but it's about really the road crew. But you're right.
0: It's not nearly as honorific.
1: No, this fucking song, We Are the Road Crew, is the road crew. It's not fucking whiny little Jackson Pooney Brown. Lonely on the stage.
0: Oh. Tell you how tell us how you really feel, Greg.
1: Okay. I feel that Jackson Brown is a whiny little bitch standing in the valley with Crosby Stills Nash and Bum, <laughs> singing whiny little songs of California hippies while they're getting high and telling senorita to clean the house. That's
0: what I think. Wow. So our tale of woe begins. <laughs> Little tiny senorita <laughs> who's so unloved to all alone, cleaning the toilets of rock stars and making their beds yeah. and cleaning up after their nights of debauchery. Yeah. Actually accidentally pinpricking her finger on their used heroin needles.
1: And passing away from AIDS two years later.
0: Oh, this has taken a sorrowful turn.
1: It's the 21st century little match girl. You know that um, Anderson fairy tale, little match girl? Yeah. That's one of my favorite.
0: Why? Because it's you identify with her. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you're just selling little matches? That's how you see yourself?
1: No, I'm not selling matches. I'm barefoot in the snow. No one's buying matches. If I go home, dad's going to beat me. So I light a match because I see through the window this feast, these people, this Christmas feast. I go huddle in this dark corner in an alley, and I light a match to get warm. And I see this vision of, you know...
0: Christmas goose and Yeah.
1: yeah. And candles and it's oh everyone's happy and I'm about to take a bite and the match goes out. So I light another one. There's another vision. And then the last vision, the last match lit, my grandmother comes and smiles and hugs me warmly and takes me away. And the next morning people find this little dead match girl frozen to death with a bunch of burnt matches Merry that's, Christmas! That's love. Merry fucking Christmas!
0: Oh Lord, no one is ever gonna listen to this podcast again.
1: They're gonna oh, this is the love podcast. Let's listen. This will be so enlightening. <laughs>
0: We can see Mark starts out all highfalutin' and super groovy, and Greg takes them right down into the basement and they spend the rest of the time just ping-ponging back and forth, arguing like brothers who love each other. We are the road crew. Another night, another beer, another night. Oh
1: my God. It's...
0: Keep a fire burning in your
1: is that the Jason Moran song?
0: No, that's Jackson Brown, but it's not even the right song, right? Yeah. It's, I can't even sing the one that I was thinking of, but yeah. Yeah,
1: I know the one you're talking about where it's, um, so won't you, he goes into it, like he starts off with the song you're talking of.
0: Yeah, and then he goes into something to try and redeem that horrible stay song. He starts some little... 50s. Yeah. Right. Cause he just wants to hang out for a little while longer. Cause you know, when you're on the road as a rock star, it's like that 90 minutes <laughs> or two hours that you get to perform. Like that's the best part. Cause after that, it's just waiting around for the next show. It's boring time on the bus, you know, hanging out with groupies, getting your dick sucked and drinking champagne and yeah, hanging out really with people rough. that admire you. Ruff. You know, it's really awful.
1: Really rough. That was my dream when I was a teenager.
0: So our, our, in a way, I'm kind of glad we didn't get it because we got so much more.
1: Well, I don't know. Did we?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Earth. Look at us now.
1: <laughs> sad, lonely, broke, old white men.
0: <laughs> I'm not sad. I'm not lonely. And I'm not really that broke.
1: Oh, nice. I'm think sort of broke. Hairstyle. What do you think of my hairstyle?
0: I had enough money to buy some swag. Let's put it that way from you, you, too, yeah. you should too I by did. the way the money i spent on myself we're going to actually donate to our sponsor yes <laughs> well not our sponsor but our charity contribution
1: uh, uh, finally we're going to send them something
0: yeah 14 dollars.
1: yeah yeah no that's better than nothing no well it's setting a precedent
0: yeah and and this is the first of many
1: knock on wood yeah Knock on wood.
0: So what's the address? What's the web address if people want to go buy swag from us? Do you know? I
1: think you got a mopedoutlaws.com. Dot com. And pick. It says swag right there.
0: Bam. We're yeah. going to add some new designs sometime soon. We are? Yeah. Okay. We're going to design something for love, Moped Outlaws style. <laughs> well, <laughs> the love series. Just in time for Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah. Well, that gives us... About the right nine months,
0: time. which is about just around right amount of time to incubate right something.
1: Yeah. 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 When are you going to Tahoe?
0: Um, the two shows are July 21st and July, no, July 22nd and July 23rd. On July 22nd, I'm appearing for free at the North, at King's Beach in North Tahoe. And then on July 23rd, from 3 to 6 p.m., I'll be appearing at North Star with my band, Lumination. And if you want to hear what Lumination is like, just go to luminationmusic.com. L-U-M-A-N-A-T-I-O-N-M-U-S-I-C-K.com. No, music with a C, not K. See See what I did there? Yeah. But if you really want to have fun, go to YouTube and watch the Jason Mraz Love is Still the Answer. It's way better than Lumination. Recording stopped.